Hello, and welcome to episode number 168 of the Lions Podcast, presented by BetMGM. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by all of the all of the guys that are making the bets, all the guys that are making the content, all the guys that are getting it done here in the sports betting industry. Brett Colson, Stephen Andrus, Brad Allen with us. We have a full gang here for this very special PGA Championship pod. Of course, it's going down at the Ocean Course over in Kiowa Island, South Carolina. If you have not seen this course, we will put a link in this description, uh, there's an awesome thing that Golf Digest did. It's a, f- a drone flyby of the course, and you can get a, a sense as to what these guys are going to be up against whenever they take on this course and just how many uh, different ways that you can get all out of sorts on this thing. Uh, guys, before we get going with the with the picks here, par 72, 7,876 yards. It is the longest major in history, it's 135 yards longer than Aaron Hills was in 2017 U.S. Open. So uh, we will be at least there's a little bit to look forward to here. The longest major in history. Golf Digest did rank this as the toughest course in the country. Uh, despite it being called the Ocean Course, water only comes in uh, comes into play on a few holes on this thing. But there's just an incredible amount of dunes and bunkers all over the place with this thing. We have Paspalum greens, so not a lot of uh, not if you're running models or if you're running some some research here, not a lot of back data for these Paspalum greens. It's a different type of of uh, blade of grass that is okay to withstand not only the heat but the salt from the ocean and the wind and things like that so it's a real firm blade of grass uh three par threes that are going to play over 200 yards five of the par fours are at least 450 yards all of the par fives are at least 550 yards and to add on top of that double digit wins are forecasted for three of the four days while we are watching the tournament here so Let's kick things off here, Stephen. I'm going to go to everybody and just ask, you know, how did you start to whittle down the field? What did you use uh, to kind of start to get your player pool? And then what did you really, really focus on from there? Well, with with all the sand and maybe the wind being up this week a little bit and the word that the greens are going to be pretty firm on top of that, short game is going to be important to me this week. So a um, little more emphasis on strokes gained around the green and sand saves for me. Um, you know, the, the the normal fundamentals as well, strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained on approach here in a major championship. But I'm also looking at the way these par fives set up in a major, you got to score on the par fives, take advantage of those opportunities. So looking at par five scoring from 550 yards to 600. And then you mentioned those par threes, all of them are long, all of them are over 200 yards. So I'm looking at par three scoring uh, specifically for holes that are 200 to 225. And I think there's one as well. That's, that's over 225. So just a little bit more emphasis uh, on those stats for me this week. Brad, what about you as you were starting to co- try to get together your player pool and who you might be betting? What were some of the stats that you were really uh, emphasizing this week? Um, so a couple of things stood out to me. I thought one was um, like, I think you need to be accurate on this course. Um, you know, I think the, the punishment for missing the fairway looks about as severe as, as any course on the PGA Tour. I think it's, it's less than 40% greens in reg if you miss the fairway. Um, so... You, I mean, you already spoke about the length, so I want long and straight off the tee. Um, 
and then the other thing I look for is kind of some links form as well. Um, you know, so obviously in the, on the ocean, you look at the weather forecast, it's kind of 12 miles an hour, steady-ish um, in the forecast now on, on pretty much every day. So I want some links form, you know, I want, I want, to, I want you to have played in the wind um, and I want you to be long and straight and, and decent long irons as well, given those par threes and given some of these, these long approach shots you're going to be playing. And Brett, what about you? I mean, we're looking here. Um, we don't have a ton of data, but the data that we do have, there are more holes that play at 20% or more bogey rate than there are at other than there are holes that play at 20% or more birdie rate. So again, it's a, it is a very slippery course here. A lot of, uh, a lot of chances to, to mess up for sure. I mean, a couple of different holes, if you're looking at bogey or worse rate, we're talking up 35%. I mean, like one in every three guys is going to make bogey or worse on some of these holes that roll through. Um, what were you really emphasizing this week? Yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about how long this course is, but I think driving distance is the most overrated metric this week. Just mm-hmm. from what I've gathered researching the course, if you try to overpower it, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble and put up a big number like Brad was talking about. So I'm looking more at strokes gained off the tee as a way to bake in some driving distance with accuracy because. You have to hit fairways on this course. And most important to me this week is going to be the second shot. I mean, you've got to, you've got to hit these volcano-like greens. So strokes gained, approach, greens and regulation, most heavily weighted metric in my stat model, uh, just out of bogey avoidance and strokes gained around the green. And I am working wind into the model here too because half of this course is right on the coast where – Wind is going to be a factor. We don't know just how big a factor it is going to be yet. I do want to see what it looks like uh, early Thursday morning. But uh, I am looking at stats over a larger sample for guys who have performed well in windy conditions in the past. There are a lot of Europeans popping for me because of that. Uh, right. Guys who are familiar with these conditions and you know going into these tracks with a st- strategy of making pars, staying in contention just by grinding through the course. Uh, so that's, that's kind of my mentality going in this week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the, off the tee, really important for me. Uh, strokes gained around the green, I actually emphasized way more than I think I have ever in any of the models that I've ever built for a golf tournament. Uh, I it, these again very limited amount of data to draw from. That said, there were there were a lot of. Um, there were just a lot of data points that do lead to the fact that these greens were tough to hit. It's going to be tough to hit even from the fairway. And so I need guys that are going to be able to get it done uh, from around the green up there. So did did weigh that um, fairways gained, which is, uh, you know, basically kind of what Brad was looking at as far as guys that are that are straight. It's just fairways gained is a, a stat that it, it, even if it doesn't actually hit the fairway, if it just basically barely rolls off into that first rough and you're still able to play a good shot in on your second shot, it doesn't really penalize you. So it's uh, not necessarily the exact same stat. It's just, uh, you know, still still a good drive, basically, when it comes down to that. Um, opportunities gained. I just want guys that are going to be putting at it, right? Like, I, I understand that's going to be tough to to make a lot of birdies on this course. I just want guys to to have a chance. So opportunities gained proximity, 175 to 200 yards as well. We talked about how long this course is, how long it's going to be coming into a lot of these holes. And also that cert- that helps me play into the par threes as well. Just the, the long par threes, uh, strokes gained par five. And then I did do a smidge, just 5% of the model on driving distance. Cause I do want guys. I, I do think that there is at least a little bit to, um, 
two guys that can get it out there a little bit further. But uh, again, only 5% of the model weighed that in. So the smallest by far of any of the things that I weighed this week as we kind of get going here. Um, as we look into the leaderboard, as we look into the favorites here of the guys that will be at the top of the leaderboard, as you would expect, no surprise coming off of a win, being as popular as he is and having as much success as he has had, Roy McElroy comes in over at BetMGM as the betting favorite, 11 to 1, Rom at 14 to 1, Spieth at 14 to 1, Thomas 14 to 1, DeChambeau 16, DJ 16, then everybody else 20 or longer, including a list of guys who have played pretty well. Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, of course, a defending champion at the PGA. You've got Hideki Matsuyama coming off of his win over at Augusta. Patrick Reed seems to always be in the mix when it comes to uh, these major championships. So, uh, Brett, let me start with you on this one. As far as the as far as the short shots here, as far as the favorites, as far as this group that's kind of up here at the top, where do you uh, where do you see yourself kind of gravitating towards? What players really started to pop out to you as you were doing your research? It's an unusual major for me. I'm usually looking at the top four majors because those guys are far more likely to win versus any other tournament throughout the year but i'm kind of staying away from the top tier this week because of the unique conditions here with it being kind of a faux bombers course i like these mid-tier european iron specialists so that's where most of my exposure is going to be i've been looking at bryson uh but it's really going to depend on conditions uh if, if the conditions are solid this week bryson's the guy who could just bomb his way through this course and if his putter gets hot the guy's an excellent putter he could win by five plus strokes that's just that's just Bryson every time he steps on a course like this. And he's also been a monster on Pete Dye courses. Uh, he's just an outlier. I, I think I think he's pretty solid value on outrights every time he shows up. But you have to be careful with some of these other markets because he's just as likely to blow up. And this course especially is, is going to require a lot of patience. Uh, if we're looking at a lot of wind, I'll probably pivot to Rom is my favorite in this tier just because of his ball flight and his ability to cut through the wind. But I'm, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't like the value on some of these guys at the top. I just don't. Brad Rory comes in as the betting favorite, um, you know, 2012 PGA. He won this thing by eight strokes that year. Kiowa played to a scoring average of 74.6. So you can see two and a half strokes, over par um he was the only player to shoot more than five under for the week only 20 players finished in in red figures that week so only 20 different guys actually played under par the back nine played to a 37.7 average so nearly two strokes over par just on the back nine at this course just kind of giving you know again this was back in 2012 it has it is almost 10 years ago there has been a few few changes made in the game itself since then um what do you think of rory and what do you think of these uh favorites these shorter shot guys um yeah i'm actually on a very similar page to brett um normally i I like to look at these you know i think the best players win the majors because they're you know normally the toughest course there's there's normally a an emphasis on length um but i've not backed anyone up here either um, on Bryson, I, I'm looking to fade Bryson in the matchups. Like, you know, I've got him like 135th or so in this field on, <laughs> on accuracy. Um, right. And you know, the, the rough here is, as we said, is deep, is penal. There's there is 
you know, you can lose your head. Um, and I think if Bryson is driving it like he has been, then I think he's he's a real a real threat to miss miss a lot of fairways. And you know, it doesn't matter how strong you are if you're in like four inches of rough. So I quite like someone like Rahm against um, Bryson in a matchup because Rahm is basically the opposite. He's still long, but he, he's the most accurate of these of these big hitters. Um, now, obviously, the the problem is he's he's had this baby and he's he's not quite been at the same level and it is tough to know how much he's been grinding how much his head's in it but um yeah of the top I, I liked him best on on Rory quickly it's, it's it's all priced in isn't it like you know he's had he's had a, a bad six months or so and he's come back and won last time out basically and everyone's back aboard everyone thinks he's suddenly back to the kind of superhero he was a couple of years back um but that, that's just fully in the price at 10 to 1 so I'm, I'm happy to to leave him um, last one I'll touch on is Spieth quickly. He, he's another one I'd be looking to fade. Um, you know, so he, he is back, I think, or, you know, back to somewhere near where he was with, with the putting right. with the short game, with the approach as well. That's kind of the thing that's really come back for him. But again, driving, he's, he's still not that good a driver of the ball. Um, I've got 132nd in fairways, gained 118th in, in strokes gained off the tee. So happy to try and try and fade him where possible because if if he finds himself in in the thick stuff he, he might not be able to magic his way out like he does on some of these easier pga courses and steven um where do you find yourself with some of these guys here closer to the top i mean it, i imagine that you and i i think have a guy up here that you wish the odds were a little bit longer but um is that going to keep you off of him Yes, we're talking about Victor Hovland, and we talked pre-show, Matt, that I'm a little jealous of you. You got this guy some a few weeks ago at a better number. He's sitting at BetMGM right now at twenty to one. Um, you're you're not going to find much better than that around the market. Maybe a you know couple dollars here and there, but um, if there is anybody that I would take a shot on at the top of this board, it would be him. Um, talking about all of the statistics that we're emphasizing this week. And whether I look at the last 50 rounds, the last 36 rounds, the last 24 rounds, he's popping in the top 10 and sometimes in the top five, depending on what time frame you're looking at. I think he fits really well here. Um, he is has been fantastic off the tee in his last 24 rounds. He's third in this field and strokes gained off the tee. Top 10 in bogey avoidance. Um, he's pretty solid with those long par threes. And, um, you know, you're, you're not going to have to worry about his putter. Uh, he's a solid putter. Now, that can be variant from tournament to tournament. But at least with some of these guys who are outside the top 100 in putting, uh, you know, he's going to be at least fairly consistent there. And he's going to be um, either hitting or right next to a lot of greens with his iron play. So if I'm looking at somebody at the top of this market, that would really be um, the only one I would consider. Yeah, I uh, I'm on Hovland. Like you said, I I bet him about six weeks ago. Um, I just really liked his game and have liked his game for quite some time and wanted to make sure I could get myself. But even at 20, I think he's my, definitely my favorite play up here towards the top. As you mentioned, I mean, he would be at the very top of every single model that I ran and by a long shot, if his around the green was just a little bit better, I rated around the green so much higher again this week than I have in a long, in, in a really long time. Um, if you go to just straight scrambling and you don't go to strokes gained around the green, he actually is a little bit better um, in just the scrambling stat. So he does climb the model just a little bit more, but even then over the last 50 rounds, he's fourth overall in my model last 36 rounds, 
second overall. If you go to the 24 rounds, he's first overall, despite the fact, if you look at the last 24 rounds, he's first in my model, despite the fact that he's 92nd in the field in strokes gained around the green in this field. And he still comes up as first overall in my model over the last 24 rounds, just to let you know how much he dominates all the other categories that I weighed so heavily this week. And so, um, Victor Hovland, yeah, I am, uh, I'm on him. I'm going to look to try to back him in other ways as well. As these other markets start to pop up, I really like his play. I really like his consistency, Um, you know, coming off back to back third place finishes. Seems like the guy's always lurking, right? He is always kind of hovering around up there. And so definitely really, really like me some some Victor Hovland. Brad, when we go to this next tier, um, this seems this maybe this seems to be the tier that you're is your sweet spot since you don't seem to like some of the guys at the top. And I mean, listen, there are still some big names and still some guys that have been playing really good golf. Obviously, Finau still waiting for him to to finally break through. But uh, again, another guy that's just kind of a always lurking Cam Smith at 40 to one. You got Sam Burns, who might be the hottest golfer in the world right now, sitting at 40 to one. Will Zalatoris, a dude that is not, you know, not if he's going to win, but just when he is going to win sitting at 50 to one. So a lot of guys kind of in this little middle tier here that I think are pretty interesting. Yeah. The first guy I did bet in, you know, in the odds order was Daniel Berger. Um, it just, it just seemed to fit quite nicely. Uh, the things I looked at. Mm-hmm. So um, sixth in strokes gained off the tee over the last six months in this field. Um, and sixth in accuracy measured by, you know, distance from the edge of the fairway. And then the last thing was, um, apex height. So he keeps the ball easy, basically in the, in the bottom 10 here in terms of how low he keeps the ball, which I thought might be quite handy, uh, given this wind. Uh, and then that, that kind of is, is reinforced. If you look at his links form, he's gaining about a stroke around on links courses over about 31 rounds. So, um, yeah, and, and then actually the final thing, there's there's two players in this field that have gained at least two strokes per round over the all of 2021. One is Jordan Spieth, who I've kind of ruled out given his driving stuff, and the other one is Daniel Berger. So, you know, to me, he just ticks every single box uh, that you'd be looking for. And, uh, you know, it's 25 to 1 at MGM, but there's 30 to 1s out there, and I think that's a very sound bet. Steven, um, again, big names here. I actually have a couple of plays in this tier uh, as well, but let's uh, let's see where you're where you're coming up here. One of the interesting one of the interesting names I think that is is going to be a, a real polarizing figure here is going to be Sam Burns. He is a dude that, like I said, might be the hottest golfer in the world right now. He's sitting at forty to one. I think everyone's going to be looking for reasons to fade him, and maybe rightfully so. I mean, you know, uh, is he really going to string together? three unbelievably amazing performances back to back to back um, after a you know second outright last week and then a, a win and his time went out a timeout before that. Where do you sit on him? And then what do you think about this tier? Not much value left for me at 40 to one um, earlier this or last week. I did find a 66 to one. That's one I fired on. So shop around for a better number uh, for him. Um, but if we're looking at extremely recent form, you're hard pressed to find many golfers better than Sam Burns over the last 12 rounds. I mean, he, one of the concerns that I had with him earlier this year was just accuracy off the tee. But in in the past 12 rounds, he's, you know, 12th in strokes gained on approach. He's 18th in strokes gained 
around the green. So his his short game has gotten better. Um, I, I am a little bit concerned if he finds some bunkers. He still hasn't mm-hmm. been as great out of bunkers. But I mean, he has been fantastic in par fives and the distances for these par fives he's going to see this week at Kiowa and his putting has been solid too. So, I mean, I don't emphasize putting that much when you're talking about very quick greens and, you know, tough to, to get on in two on a lot of these holes or, or to hit the par threes in one, but it is, I'm hard pressed to not just play that number. Uh, I, again, I got a 66 to one. If you can find a 50 out there, I think there's some value in that. Uh, he's just red hot. And admittedly, this is a much tougher field in this major championship than the ones he faced at, at Valspar and the Byron Nelson. Uh, but he also contended at the Genesis, a tough course, a strong field. He, uh, I think he blew a four-shot lead on the final day there. No golfer on the PGA Tour this year has led after rounds more than Sam Burns. He only has the one win, but he has been in contention more than any other golfer on tour this year. And at that number, I'm hard pressed to to ignore it. Is there anybody else in this tier that uh, you think is going to make your card or has already made your card? Patrick Reed stands out to me. I mean, just an absolutely phenomenal short game player. Uh, already has the win earlier this year at Farmers, and and frankly, I think I'd I'd rather bet him to just win again at Farmers in the U.S. Open before the PGA. But we're getting a better number here for the PGA than the numbers that are out there for the U.S. Open at forty to one. Um, I think that's just way off. I think he should be more in the Daniel Berger territory at twenty eight to one. Talking about a major championship winner here, who if he gets into trouble around the greens is, is one of the best on tour. Um, and we know that he shows up on the big stage in these majors kind of in, in a little bit like Brooks Kepka, right? I mean, there's certain guys who at the smaller tournaments don't play as well um, at times. And, and then they show up at a major and they bring their a game. And Patrick Reed is one of those guys. And at that number, I think there's value if you can find a 40 to one out there. And I and I did. So that's that's one guy. And I'm curious what you guys think. I don't know if anybody else is going to mention Cameron Smith, but if you look at last 50 rounds, last 36 rounds, major concerns for him off the tee and on approach. But one of the one of, if not the best players around the green and out of the sand in this field, also pretty solid on long par threes. And in more recent form, he has gotten much better off the tee and on approach. And in these windy conditions, Australians don't mind playing in the wind. So I'm, I'm curious what people think about Cameron Smith this week. Yeah, I actually he's on the border for me right now. I haven't quite pulled the trigger on on him yet, but he is definitely a guy like you just mentioned that is is within the realm of possibility to get bet uh, this week. I actually, in this tier outside of um, the guys we've talked about, I actually have gone and put a bet in on uh, Mark Leishman. And I, I guess maybe, he's, I don't know if that's a more long shot or if this is still middle tier when we're talking at 66 to 1 where Leishman is at. But for all the reasons that you guys have uh, ex- have talked about here, Brad talking about the ball flight, talking about you know playing in, uh, in different conditions, playing in bad conditions, things like that. Leishman checks a lot of those boxes. And um, so for me, I got a ticket in on him at 66 to 1, feel pretty good about um feel pretty good about that though there are some better numbers out there you should certainly check around with 66 to 1 over at bet mgm um you know look it's a uh 
there will be wind. How much? Don't know. But we, we know there will be wind. Forecasted out. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. It's still a long ways away. Forecasted for double digit winds three of the four days, if not all four days. Uh, how much will those things start to gust? How much will those things start to whip around? Um, I think Leishman fits the bill should this thing get nice and windy and dirty. And um, so really do like him out here for this one in that tour uh, as well. And that, I mean, for in that tier as well, which actually puts Smith kind of in the same realm, right? I mean, all the things that I like about Leishman, he's kind of in that same spot. It's just a, a better number on Leishman, I think maybe is what led me towards him. Um, the other guy that kept popping up in the model, I'm sure he does to y'all as well, or at least has, has fit into a bunch of things. Corey Connors, um, you know, this is a guy that I think I've lost more money on than any other golfer over the last two years because he always seems to fit a model. He always seems to fit the stuff that I'm looking for in a tournament. He's just not a dude that wins, not a winner. Um, that's not to say he can't win here, but it, it, Steven, I saw you grin. Did, did is he around in your stuff as well? Is he kind of like lurking in your stuff as well? No, I'm just I'm grinning because I'm with you. I've lost money on him as well. He was one of the guys who, you know, I had an outright ticket for for the Masters and he finishes top five because he just can't put a lick. Right. I mean, uh, I bet him a couple months ago at 80 to one. Um, but, you know, that was before I did my research on this course. I mean, he fits off the tee and, and approach, but his short game is just not very good and in a major championship on this particular course um if if i could take back that bet from a few months ago i would consider it uh but that that short his short game concerns are are just very large for me I've, i have a hard time backing him knowing what we know about the course now going into this week Brad, there's a lot of big name Euros in this tier. And, uh, you know, yes, I'm going to you for the Euros here. But like, you know, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Casey, you know, Rose, a lot of a lot of big name Euros kind of in this tier at all. Did did any of them get at least get any consideration from you or was it just uh, none of them really had anything that you were looking for this week? Um, a lot of them are, they are interesting like you say the one I did bet was Fitzpatrick um, again it's it's the accuracy it's the ball flight um, it's the Lynx form um, and yeah he also shows out well on difficult courses so yeah well, I've got him 10th for fairways gained in this field 6th um, over the last six, six months in strokes gained off the tee and then sort of top 20 by that that ball flight um so yeah, he, he seems the type who's who'd be happy to grind his way around here, you know, um and, and win a sort of six under par or something like that. Um, you know, given he, he is European and used to these conditions. So yeah, he, he was one I did back. Um I think you get around sixty to one currently. Brett, let's head to the long shots here. And, you know, let's just let's just consider long shots anything, whatever, eighty or eighty or longer or something like that, as far as uh as far as taking this thing home. Now, you know, typically, like we said, we do like to gravitate towards the better players in these tournaments, in these deep fields, in these super talented fields, in these fields where, uh, you know, they're going to be playing some of the toughest golf courses in the world. This one, again, voted the toughest golf course in America. Um, that said, that's not to say that there aren't dudes out there that are interesting in this kind of long shot territory here. So did anybody pique your interest? Anybody make your betting card? Well, you skipped over my middle tier, but my, oh. some of my middle tier guys might qualify as yeah, long yeah, shots, yeah, so yeah. that's that's fine. I, I do think there is some opportunities on some of those European grinders, like uh, 
like Casey at 66 to one, the Ben MGM. I, I really like Casey more for like a top 10, but I do think he can win. The guy just studies, studies, studies courses. He's been phenomenal. Pete dies in the past. He has all, ex- all the experience on the coastal courses. So I like Casey a lot. And that's why I like Hatton too, a grinder. Great with long irons. I think his price is too low. 60 to one at bet MGM to win. Um, and Abraham answer. I think this guy, he's going to win a major. He's going to win something, right? I mean, like he's, he's going to win, win something. He's just a, he's another one of those just eternal lurkers. He's just always lurking. Like he's always just sitting somewhere in that top 15 waiting to, to make a, make a run. I'm on him too, guys. Iron player. Yeah. Excellent iron player avoids bogeys. I, I really like answer this week too. He's at 50 to one at bet MGM 55 to one at DraftKings. So those three guys I really like. Uh, as far as like long, long shots, I like Gary Woodland. Uh, <laughs> he's he played horribly last year, started the year really slow this year, dealing with that hip injury. He was thinking about taking an extended break, but he stuck with it. And now two top tens in his last four events. Great long iron iron player. He's produced in windy conditions before. He's a major champion. One hundred and twenty one, one hundred and twenty to one at FanDuel. I. I can't see him get getting much love from the public either. So I, I don't think this is I don't think this is going to move a whole lot. So I, I really like Gary Woodland at 121, 20 to one to win. And then Shane Lowry is another one. I, I'm not sure he's going to win, but one of the guys who could just grind his way through this course. Uh, top 20, I think, plus 350 at Ben MGM. Uh, you know, a, another grinder who's who's won a major before at a Lynx course, and if the if the conditions are right for these short hitters who are great with irons and around the green, they have potential to just be there on Sunday. Um, so I, I think Lowry could be one of those guys. Stephen, uh, long shots. Uh, listen, I'll I'll fully admit I'm going kind of just off the grid here for a couple of the long shot plays for me because. All the guys that are coming up relatively high in my model are guys I just friggin' hate betting on, and I'm just not going to do it like anymore. Like Keegan keeps popping up, Charlie Hoffman keeps popping up, like all these dudes that like you know you bet and then you watch them just go out there and yes, they will be in the yes, they will be in the top twenty. Like they they will, but like their win equity is just so small with the way that their game comes together. I mean, Keegan just can't putt and like he can't putt for he can't putt for two straight rounds, much less four straight rounds. And so it's like I I don't find a bunch of win equity in these guys. So I'm actually just going to go with a little bit more of the what I've seen with my eyes, kind of a gut feel type thing with these longer shots. And I'm going to abandon all of the metrics in the model that that's all these numbers that I work so hard to generate, they're all going out the window because I just can't, you know, again, I can't lose another dollar on Keegan and Charlie Hoffman. I just can't do it. Well, I'm going to lose another dollar on Keegan Bradley. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. All right. I mean, in, in in fairness, I bet him a month ago when he was 150 yeah. to one to win this tournament. I think at bet MGM, he's down to 80 to one now. So I think the value's gone there. But I mean, after after you had uh, three of the top five on your outright tickets <laughs> last week and I had three of the top five on my outright tickets for the Masters, maybe we need to start looking at some top fives and top tens here, man, yeah. and start making even more money. But, um, you know, Brett mentioned Abraham answer. That was my long shot. Uh, he is 50 to one now at M- bet MGM. So whatever tier you want to consider him, but 
Uh, I have an 80 to one ticket on answer. There's some, some good numbers still out there on him. Uh, he is really high in the stats that we're considering this week. Uh, whether you're looking at last 36, 24, or 12 rounds, he really uh, does well in those areas lately. Um, you know, in, in the past, 24 rounds he is 16th in this field on strokes gained on approach 14th in strokes gained off the tee he is second in par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards number one in this field in bogey avoidance over that span um so if if he can just be adequate around the green i think he has a chance to contend here and we know he has the talent you guys touched on that so that's a long shot that i'm looking at mentioned keegan bradley um there's another guy that's sitting 50 to one somewhere i'm going to say for the fade section because after we talk about long shots here i'm curious what you guys think but just a couple other briefly to mention long shots uh i have matt wallace at 150 to one and Cameron Tringali at 175 to one, just a few bucks on those guys. Um, and, and maybe I'm looking at some top forties where I can get even money on, on those two names. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I don't think those guys can win. Right. I don't, I can't see Cameron, Cameron Tringali winning this, but I, yeah, I, I can definitely get behind him in like a top 20. Well, I mean, it. you remember, the, you, you remember the last time he went on tour, Brett, right? Never. He's never won. <laughs> yeah, that would be the one, that would be why. Whenever you talk about his yeah, when you talk about his win equity, yeah, his last win on tour was never. Yes, he's ne- he's because he's never won on tour. Yeah, uh, when but, I when I when I talk <laughs> about these guys, just so people know, when I talk about these guys, I'm not putting more than ten bucks on guys like this. You know, I mean, it, and then you're looking at the the derivatives markets where you're going to get plus money no matter what you're looking yeah. at. Yeah, uh, Brad, what are we looking at from a long shot standpoint? Uh, I too am on the Keegan Bradley train. Um, all right, y'all right. I, I, I will, I will watch y'all in terror. Like you as he like he he'll because <laughs> he's gonna compete for one of the rounds. That's what's gonna happen, yeah. and he's gonna like just play with you your emotions. And yeah, y'all go ahead. All right, <laughs> if, he wins, if he wins, you will never live this down, Matt. You will never live this down. <laughs> it's got to be worth a top ten or something. So uh, I'd, I'd say so. You know, put, <laughs> right, put, right. put these rankings yeah. together on the stats we talked about. So. My my two three four right. is Ram right. Johnson Morikawa DJ number th- number three there number one is Keegan Bradley like uh, he he somehow is the best <laughs> the best fit in the field so I can't and then what he came third here back in 2012 so he obviously knows knows how to play the course somewhat yeah. so I, I I can't see how a, a top twenty or a top ten is is a bad bet um, the other yeah. one. I would throw out there quickly, Kevin Streelman. So he's he's played 20 rounds on Lynx courses. He's gained 35 strokes, uh, 1.75 around, which is, you know, that's that's among the best in the field. Um, And then we just look at how he fits this course. Now he's crap at scrambling. I'll give you that. He's not very good at scrambling, but he's very accurate. Uh, 20th in fairways gained and then 23rd in strokes gained approach. Um, So, you know, he seems to fit quite nicely. And he's around 200 to one is, you know, that's pretty widely available. You might be able to get a little bit better. So um, I thought we had some nice attributes for a 200 shot. Yeah, uh, my guy that I'm going with kind of in this long shot range um, has really good recent form. And if actually if you if you start going back to the 24 and 36, it's really the reason he's not showing up, I think, in a lot of the like higher on a lot of the models is he just a couple of the stats that I weighed fairly heavily. He just is is way down in this field, but 
Uh, how about 100 to 1 on Charles Schwartzel? Um, if you go back to the last 24 rounds, he's 20th in this field in strokes gained approach. He's 14th in good drives. He's 27th in proximity 175 to 200. He's actually 37th in strokes gained par 5 and 31st in driving distance in this field. Um, the thing that really knocks him down is just because I have a ton on off the tee, strokes gained off the tee this week. He's down at 98th in the last 24 rounds in this field. He's 75th in opportunities gained, which is why he is is so far down. But then you go to, to recent form. He actually comes in at 11th overall, where he is fifth in this field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach. He's fifth in this field in good drives, 23rd in opportunities gained, 11th in strokes gained on par fives. So um, I'm going to ride a little bit of a heater here with Schwartzel playing well of, you know, in the last kind of seven, eight starts for him. And um, getting 100 to 1 on him is a guy that I feel uh, pretty decent about. Again, checks a lot of the boxes of the things that I found important this week. And so I'm a... I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice on him like some Schwartzel there at 100. The other guy that I was looking at in this in this realm, and you already mentioned um, you already mentioned him, Stephen, it was Wallace. And so I think Wallace does check a, a decent amount of the boxes that I'm looking for. This is um, getting weird, man, as well. I, so I, this is getting weird because I have Schwartzel, too. Like we're we're. Maybe we should just share the same model every week and save some time. Well, I mean, look, we tried. <laughs> we, we 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 each plug in and weigh what we want to weigh on these things. So I'm uh, I'm I'm you know we're we're just probably weighing the same things as, as much as anybody else. But let's uh, this is one of the things I do want to talk about before we get into our fades and before we get into the bets that we, you know, have into the account our favorite bets and things like that. Uh, Brett, let me start with you here. Where do we where do we weigh in on DJ and Brooks? Like these are, I don't think we need to really talk about Rory. We know. You know, he found something a couple of weeks ago. Spieth obviously has found something. Justin Thomas just has been, you know, has just one part of his game has kind of left him in the last couple of tournaments. But you look, I mean, everything else is working for him. I don't think we're too worried about him. So you, like, there's not a ton of question marks around a lot of these other, you know, household names here. Dustin Johnson has to pull out of a tournament due to injury last week. Brooks Kepka has, you know, last time we saw basically, you know, last time we saw him before he came back a week ago was, was, you know, could hardly bend over to pull the ball out of the cup and whatever. So Dustin sitting at 16 to one and Kepka sitting at 33 to one, but it is a major championship and it is on a hard course. And we know these guys games, uh, you know, as well as anybody, if they can get rolling. I mean, you want to talk about a couple of guys you were saying that that could win it by by five or six. I mean, you know, we've seen them do it before. Sure. Yeah. But I think because because of my thinking going in that the the driving distance is overrated for this course i mean if you're buying a dj or buying a brooks i think you have to i think driving distance has to be a, a major uh metric that you're you're weighing into your models and I, that's just not it's just not there for me this week even though this is the longest course ever it's, it's such a unique course this week um but i i'm not gonna have any exposure to either one of those guys if dj got to 20 to 1 i would consider it um, and I think Brooks was up near like 50 to start the week. He's come down, but I, I, at the current prices here as of Tuesday morning, I, I think DJ is at 16 to one at, at BetMGM. I'm not on either one of these guys. Brad, um, just quick thoughts on uh, 
on DJ and Kepka, how you're treating them and if you're if you're doing anything with them at all? Uh, I've left them both alone. Um, I mean, Kepka, I think you can probably take on in matchups. Um, you know, given given what we know about his his knee and and, mm-hmm. and his, how much he's been playing. Uh, DJ, I've just left well alone. He's obviously shown no form, but as you say, he could show up and and play well. But I, I just don't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, we have his we have his. We have Paulina posting pictures of him doing backflips off of off of yachts or whatever, and yet he's pulling out of tournaments with this knee thing. I I don't know. Did he just not want to play, or is there honest? I I don't know what to do with DJ here. I mean, the the number is the number is interesting. We don't get sixteens on DJ in major tournaments, but you know, I, at the same time, I mean, he he did pull out, techni- you know, in theory due to injury. So I I don't know. I don't know what to do here. This is the same thing that I would do that what we did with Rory uh, at the Wells Fargo. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to pull the trigger on him at a, at a better price than we typically get. I mean, there are tournaments where we see DJ at eight to one when he's in form. Um, li- wait for the live market on a guy like DJ or a guy like Brooks Kepka. See if they have a relatively decent round. And, you know, if they if they're in the top 30 after round one and, and they looked pretty good and they're. You know, their their iron play looked pretty good in round one. You might get a better number than than what we see here in the in the pre-tournament market. Now, I don't think that would be the case with Brooks. I mean, there's still a 50 to one out there as we record this right now uh, on Brooks Kepka. So if he shows any type of form early, that number is going to plummet. But for DJ, uh, that's certainly a situation where I would see wait after round one and see if you might be able to get a little bit more value on him. It's a risk. You know, the the number, he might play great in round one and it goes away, but um, if he does decent and he's not anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, but still has a decent round, you could get better value in the live market on a guy like that. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Brad, let's uh, head to you. Maybe you tip your cap a little bit there. We're talking about Kepka, but who are, who are some guys you're fading? Because I will let you know, I am fading Brooks Kepka this week. I am uh, going to find every head-to-head that I can find against him. I'm going to bet every single head-to-head that I can find against him. I mean, you know, a knee on this type of course with things that are going on, the way that he's played form, everything just just leads me to to want to fade him. Uh, anybody else that you're looking at to try to, to, try to go against? Yeah. Yes, I thought one that was gr- a great fade was Phil Mickelson. Um, basically, the exact opposite of everything we've been talking about. High ball flight, so might get caught up in the wind. Wildly inaccurate off the tee, 125th in this field in accuracy. Um, and also, just quite old and not that good at golf anymore. So, I think, I mean, the best right. one 
the the one I saw was Kevin Kisner against him. He had to lay a, a little bit of juice about minus one forty, but I, I still thought that was relatively cheap, uh, given how good those two are at golf. Steven, anybody that you're you're fading, definitely trying to pick off this week. I haven't looked at matchups quite yet, but one name I'm I'm looking to fade to see if there's any matchups out there is Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, he's outside my top 100 this week over the last 36 rounds. So, he's been um, garbage. He's yeah, just been complete garbage. Yeah, just, just has not played well at all. Uh, we don't need to get into the stats. Just know he's outside the top 100 for me. Um, I, I love what you guys are saying about Kepka in terms of matchups. Like if if we see in round one that something's off and he's not in his best form, then then that's a situation where I'm looking for some round two matchups with Brooks Kepka. So, um, you know, the value might be gone at that point, but it's certainly something I'm going to look out for um, and, and see if we can take advantage of that same principle. I mean, this is an injury situation, but same principle, Matt, from what you saw with Rory McIlroy in the Masters when you played against him in every single matchup because you knew his form was not there going into this major championship. Brett, I know you like to hate on people. Who are you hating on this week? Well, it sucks because I'm hating on one of my favorite players. Everything that Brad said about Rory earlier lines up with my thinking, uh, his recent win, his dominant victory at this course. It's all baked into the price, and it looks incredibly inflated to me. Uh, so I'm off of Rory this week. And then Sam Burns, too. Just all, all the value sucked out of, of Burns at this point. He's been on fire, yes, but this is a different beast. Uh, with the major this week. I mean, he's priced the same as Patrick Cantlay. And by the way, what are we doing with Patrick? Cantlay oh, dude, uh, he's you, you stole my next one because he is fade. my, he is, yes, he is the other, he is the other fade that I'm going after and going and literally going to bet every, every single freaking head head I can find against him. I'm going to bet against him. Has he peaked? Like, I'm not sure we'll ever see him at this price again, or maybe he's just, maybe he's just on a, Maybe he's just spiraling. Maybe, maybe he'll never be as good as he was again. Like, but he's been excellent at Pete dies. He's played well in wind. I think I think I just need him on my card out of principle at 40 to one, man. I, I just I think I have to bet him at this number and just F it. I mean, he I is. Know. What is that? That is. Is it three or four straight miscuts and stroke four. events for him? Yeah. Four straight miscuts and stroke events for him. He has just completely lost all form whatsoever. And I think. Of all the courses to try to find your form, this seems like maybe not sure. the one to to try and find your form. So you yeah, want to hear have, you want to hear a fun Cantlay stat here? Uh, yeah. since, since the start of 2000, when he's played in West Coast events, he has finished in the top 20 in all but one of them. Happened to be the PGA Championship last year. Since the start of 2020, East Coast events, he has missed the cut five out of eight times and has not had a top 10 on the East coast. So yeah, I mean, take that for what it's worth, but uh, Hey, maybe, maybe save can't lay for, uh, for the U S open out of Torrey pines. There you go, Brett. Just have him, have him suck one more tournament and you're going to get an even better number on him. So just save your money for this week and then you'll be able to get a better number on him here in, in a little bit. Oh, cause then he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to win. He's not going to win. If he wins, I will retire from this podcast. If he wins, I'll retire from this podcast. If Cantlay wins this tournament, I will retire from this podcast. So there, maybe you'll be happy. Maybe maybe you root for him even harder now because then you can get rid of me. Um, all right, Brad, let's get your betting card, my friend. What's uh, what's in the account? What are you looking at? 
that to possibly add? And what is something that you wouldn't be surprised ends up uh, on your sheet before things are all said and done? Right. So a couple of matchups I have bet quickly. Fitzpatrick over Neiman, uh, minus 103. Kisner over Phil, about minus 145. Um, and Justin Rose over Charles Schwartzel, another sort of crafty English win specialist. Um, in the outright, starting off with Daniel Berger. Got some Fitzpatrick in there. And who else have I got? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. So we'll stick with those two. Just just two for me. Brett, betting card. What's in the account? What's uh, What might get in there? And what is something that between now and, and when they tee off on Thursday, it wouldn't surprise you if it gets in there? Nothing in there yet this week. I want to see what the weather looks mm-hmm. like because that could totally change everything. But as of right now, I'm looking at uh, English winner plus 800 on BetMGM, which gives me exposure to Hatton, Casey, uh, Rose Fitzpatrick I like all of them this week uh, and then uh, some win top fives top tens on Woodland answer uh, Casey Hatton Lowry and Cantley. I'm doing it <laughs> just a sprinkle I all have right. to though it's all just right. out of principle I have to do it okay all right I'm fine with that I'm fine with that we'll just uh we'll circle back around yeah we'll circle back around whenever you when you should be playing him um is there anybody uh is there anybody that you're so let's just let, let's say you're eyeballing a guy and should he end up in the favorable wave um on Thursday or something like that is there is there anybody like that that you're that you're considering or or is that basically you'll have to make that up as you get there yeah, I'm going to see Thursday morning. You mean if like if the conditions are really well, let's just for, assume because like a- so like, for example, we talk about Burns this past week, right? And like as well as he played on the first two days, he got really screwed on the weekend, right? Because the conditions over at the Byron Nelson in the morning were absolutely perfect. But him being the leader, he had to play the later wave both Saturday and Sunday. And he got by far the worst of it when it came to the weather. And and so, uh, you know, if we look and if we see, let's say Thursday, the morning wave is only going to be dealing with eight to 10 mile an hour winds. And we see that that afternoon wave is going to be dealing with, you know, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. I can see myself loading up on some of the guys going in that in that morning wave, because if you can score early at this tournament, like it's going to get it's just going to be hard for the rest of the of the week. Right. And so if you can if you if you happen to be in that one wave where the conditions are a little bit more favorable and you can get a three under round under your belt. If you can just get that, I mean, you're you're probably you're likely to be in contention just because you're able to get that one round under your belt. So I'm certainly going to be looking very, very heavily at that come Thursday. Yeah, definitely. I think for DFS, especially too, uh, in a couple different ways, looking at waves. First of all, if, the, if, if you want to build a team based on the conditions being solid mm-hmm. and just go with the guys who hit it long and build a team that way, or you can build a team that's based on the conditions being absolutely terrible and go with some of the European guys that I'm, I'm all over this week, like Lowry and Casey. That's one way to do it. And then, yeah, just build a, a build a, a team based on early and late waves mm-hmm. build an entire team based on the early wave and hope the conditions are, are better for that wave. I think that's, that's a good way to go about playing DFS this week. And yeah, also putting together a card that way too. All right, Steven, what's the betting card look like my friend? 
I have a couple of, of props at BetMGM that are just kind of fun for the, the casual better that they mm-hmm. might want to check out. Um, with the par threes being so long and the greens being volcanoes and, and being hard on top of that and the wind, uh, you can get no hole in one in this tournament at minus 110. Same price as betting if there will be a hole in one. So how about, a, how about no hole in one given these conditions at minus 110? A uh, couple of, of nationality markets. Top South African, your boy, Charles Schwartzel, plus 450. His biggest rival in that group, Louis Oosthuizen. Uh Top rest of the world, Abraham Answer at plus 900. That's basically him having to beat the the Australians and the and the Japanese uh, and the rest of the Asian players. So plus 900 on Answer. Uh, and then for the outright markets, um, looking at Victor Hovland, 22 to one, Patrick Reed, 40 to one. I think I might wind up pulling the trigger on, on Cam Smith because his his off the tee and, and iron play has gotten a little bit better to go with just flawless short game. Um, I am going to stick with Sam Burns and Abraham Answer at 80 to one and a couple bucks here and there on, you know, Matt Wallace, Keegan Bradley and Cameron Tringali if they're over 100 to 1. So as you can tell with these majors, I get a little uh get a little liberal with yeah. the bankroll. Uh, I like to do the shotgun approach on the outrights, but if if you spread that money around, it's it's less than a unit and a half uh for a potential outright payout if you spread it evenly on the payouts. Uh, no matter who wins out of that group, I just told you, you could get 10 units on on that 1.4 units. So that's kind of my approach. My card this week, uh, full disclosure, when I bet Rory a couple of weeks ago, I bet him in conjunction at the PGA as well, because I didn't want the number to slip away if I was going to, if he had a good showing there, if I thought that the form was coming back. So I have Rory at a much favor- more favorable number than you can get at right now. I wouldn't recommend the bet right now at, at 10 or 11 to 1, but I, I have it at, at a much better number than that. Uh, Vic Hovland, I still like Vic, even at the number that you're getting today. Um, still like him a ton. I have Mark Leishman, as I mentioned. A lot of that has to do with the conditions that could be here at this course, the way that he plays, his ball flight, the way that what he's used to, to, to playing in. Uh, played a ton in super windy conditions, things like that. So really, really like him. As I mentioned, I think Charles Schwartzel from a long shot standpoint is pretty appealing, has a pretty decent value um, for the things that I am looking for this week, things that I'm looking to kind of play and uh, things that I think are, are important this week as well. One of the other things I do want to point out over Bedham Gym, which I think is an interesting market. Um, they also have not only we've, we've all seen leader after round one, they have top five after round one as well uh, listed over there. So just another way you can get kind of some instant gratification, but you don't necessarily have to have the guy that actually is winning the tournament after round one. You can get a top five uh, after round one and all ties are paid in full um, for for that bet over at BetMGM, which I think is a really cool bet. I think is a really cool way to uh, to get involved. And, and Brad, I think, you know, whenever we look a a top five after round one where all ties are paid in full. Um, I think that's a pretty cool thing that they added for this tournament. That's the only bet you can make on Keegan. I think that's the only, Oh, way that's that. that is that not the Keegan bet? That is the Keegan, the Keegan bet. Keegan and then you, also bet him, you also bet him to miss the cut. That is, that is the Keegan <laughs> the bet Keegan. right there. Yes, that is the Keegan bet. And, and then he will, he will be, he'll be T five after round one. And then you'll look up and he'll be T 45 after round two. But like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
I do love that market too. I I love betting uh, top fives and top tens for the full tournament. So yeah, adding it to the to the round one uh, is is pretty cool too. That's a show bet. It is. It is. I like it, man. I like it. That's a that's I'm glad that they added that. And I like that they pay him full on on that as well, even even for ties. All right, guys, we're not talking from a betting standpoint here whatsoever. We're just going to go down the list. Uh, Steven, who wins the tournament? Vic Hovland. Brad, who wins? Who wins the tournament, Brad? John Rahm. Oh, all right. Wrong. Brett, who wins the tournament? Patrick can't now. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Rom too. I'm expect, I am I do think the conditions are going to be really tough. So I'm going to go with Rom as well. All right. I am going with, uh, I'm going Vic Hovland as well. So me and Steven, uh, and maybe this is me. Maybe this is me talking just hopefully through the lens of a bet as well. But um, I, uh, I just love everything about the dude's game, every way that he's playing right now. So I am, uh, I'm on Vic Hovland as well guys as always we have a ton of written content over at the lines and play picks so be sure and head over there and take in all of that written content you want to follow these fellows on the twitter machine as well it's free it costs you no money to do at steven anders one at brad allen nfl at brett colson you can follow me if you want to at matt brown m2 as well uh super super excited about this really looking forward we'll have a video over on the youtube page as well breaking down any last minute thoughts as we get a little bit more information throughout the course of Tuesday. And uh, look, let's uh, let's make some money here. If I don't hit an outright, I hope that you guys do. And I honestly mean that from the bottom of my heart. And so, uh, uh, again, check out all the stuff over at the lines and we'll see you guys next week.